It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. We're on the campus of Guilford College, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much, the Quakers. It's Guilford College. We travel the country to highlight stories of community service and giving back to your community. And we land here in Greensboro, North Carolina, to talk to Gregory Mello. Hi, Gregory. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm fantastic. What team are you on here? I can tell you're a student athlete. You're pretty, uh, pretty you're in good shape. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I play for the football team. Football team, uh, nose guard, right guard, offensive line, linebacker, line. defensive line. Yes, sir. Okay, we'll talk about football in a second, but for uh, uh, the first part of this conversation, I want to talk about uh, the service work you and your, your teammates do, your, your fellow student athletes. Uh, what do you guys do to make this world better? Oh, well, we have a team. We as a team, we um, we did uh, we helped out a guy at a uh, ACC basketball tournament, the women's basketball tournament at the Greensboro Coliseum, and then um, I do some work with the Big Brothers Big Sisters mentoring program, and then over the summer, uh, volunteering with communities and schools to help uh, empower families and students that are struggling in school. Very cool. Let's focus on the Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Um, and that's a national organization. There's a chapter here in Greensboro. What do you guys do with Big Brothers, Big Sisters? Well, right now I'm just a, I'm a, well, a minor, so I'm not able to take my you know, little brother off, off the school grounds, but I go see him every week, uh, help him out. If any, like, anyone that compares to me or has similar traits, I can help him out with his reading, writing. I'll bring him something. And, um, yeah, just kind of help them out a little bit and when you what what is not a minor when you're 21 you'll be able to take them out and go places yeah I think it, well I'm a I'm a uh, school student right now so I don't think I'm able to take them out but yeah I'm not even 21 either so okay so in the future we can help you plan some trip to Disney World for this kid uh, if you're buying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well those are great stories uh, great reminder for me and our national audience to um, think about how we can make our communities a better place. Get off your couch. Do something to make your world better. Let's have a round of applause for Gregory right now. What a great job. Fantastic. Thank you for joining me. And I want to thank Guilford College for hosting the Adam Red Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. Let's talk cancer. Benefits, charities, and uh, foundation work with Katie Means and Nick Duvall. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. And uh, it's Nick. How's yeah. it going? Great. Couldn't be happier to be here. And uh, you have an event happening uh, to benefit a cancer uh, research foundation. Um, first, I guess off the bat, uh, let's talk about the, the organization. Um, what is it called and what uh, specific kind of cancer does it uh, help or research or, or bring awareness to? Um, and when was it, uh, I guess, started? So Little Red Door was started, uh, we've been around for about 70 years, uh, kind of serving all types of cancer through Central Indiana. Okay, Little Red Door Cancer 
Research Cancer Agency. Cancer Agency. So what we do is we actually um, help folks um, get through a battle when they're diagnosed with cancer. So our, our main mission is just to make the most of life and the least of cancer in central, for the residents of central Indiana. Um, our population tends to be the underserved and underprivileged population of central Indiana. I love the way you just said um, that slogan. Is that a slogan or did you just that roll off your tongue? It is. It is our slogan. Um, it's our tagline. And it just really describes the mission for us. You know, some folks that are really struggling with cancer and it's hard enough to go through a diagnosis and a battle with cancer. But when you're really limited in your resources, um, both financially and your circle of uh, friends and, and support network, it makes it really tough to get, to get to the other side in a good place. And, what, and you said to get the most out of life and the, and the least out of cancer. I, how, did I butcher that yeah, or how no, was no, it? No, you got it right. Perfectly right. I love that. I love that. And uh, Little Red Door Cancer Agency, um, we'll hit this a couple times during this conversation, but is there um, a website, a .org or something uh, where people right off the bat can go check this out? Yes. So check us out. Uh, we actually just revamped our website, so we're really excited about it, uh, littlereddoor.org. So you can find all information, anything that you need um, on that website. So. LittleRedDoor.org, and you've revamped the website. I'm just sort of a curious marketing web guy um, off air. What's the biggest, best difference with this new website? I think it's more user-friendly. I think, I think it's, it's very, uh, anything you need, I, it's very simple. Very, anyone can do it. So. And probably more mobile-friendly. Yes. I mean, it, we've seen a lot of changes with how um, websites have even gotten more simple. In the old day, 10 years ago, they were, there was just so much going on. and They were so busy, and you can't see any of that on a little phone now. And, and I, what are the stats? Like 80% of people look at websites on their phone now. So you've got people going to littlereddoor.org on their phone. It's user-friendly. It's a new website. Check it out right now. I'm sure there's a page on there where you could donate right now. Yeah, there is. Absolutely. Okay, so that's Little Red Door Cancer uh, Agency and who they help. Um, you mentioned the underprivileged, so uh, if you have health insurance or if you're uh, an affluent family and you can handle your cancer issues, um, that's not who we're talking about, right? Uh, no, not necessarily. Now, we have some programs uh, for those folks, too, that are available. Our care package program where we send out handmade blankets by the folks at Lilly and some of our other partners just to let people know that they're going through a battle with cancer, that they're not alone. Um, so that isn't a means-tested, what we call, um, something that you have to fall below a certain level or, or have a certain number of folks in your family to hit that poverty level. But um, the majority of our big services are rides back and forth to chemotherapy and radiation and treatment. Um, our nutritional supplements program, those are all means tested. So that also may not be just a person with health insurance. It may be a, a family of four or five or six that are uh, struggling a little bit or just what we would hate to say called working poor, mm -hmm. but folks that are just a little underserved. You know, maybe they have a high deductible plan that, um, you know, a battle with cancer really puts them into a place where they're not a self-sufficient family. And so we just want to make sure that we can help those families um, maintain a sense of normalcy and do all we can just to make the journey a little bit easier. Nick Duvall is joining us uh, from the Little Red Door Cancer Agency as well as Katie Means uh, to talk about cancer awareness and a benefit they have coming up. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. Katie, why are you, I guess, devoting your life to this organization? That's a good question. Um, I, I like helping people and uh, uh, kind of this is my subtle way of, of giving back. Um, you know, like Nick said, making the most of, helping people make the most of life in the least of cancer is, is kind of why we do what we do. And your title with the organization is? 
I'm the development specialist. Development specialist. Nick, what are you? So I'm the vice president of development and communications. Okay. Uh, and the reason I'm here is actually my dad was a client at the Little Red Door when I was a kid. Diagnosed when I was 13, um, passed away when I was 20. And I had two little sisters, a mom. Uh, we were a family that always had enough, never had too much, but always had enough. Um, father worked at a factory, mom worked at Kroger's. And you know, a, a cancer battle for us just took us into a place where it was tough to make the ends meet. I mean, I was 17 and we were living off a Pizza King salary um, and it just wasn't helpful. Mom had to quit her job, take care of dad and, you know, six years of that really took a toll on my family. So I actually got to see firsthand, you know, what these families go through and, you know, the, the things that we can do to help. So that's why I kind of decided that this was going to be a mission in my life. I, I always talked about it during college and I was fortunate enough to be able to come be part of this great agency. Well, I mean, that's a hard story, and our, our condolences and prayers with, with your dad, but uh, it's a great story. It's a powerful, it's inspirational, too, and it's great for, for me to hear, for our listeners to hear. Um, use some of these things that happen in your life to, I guess, direct where you're going to go and how you're going to help people. So we're speaking with Katie Means and Nick Duvall from the Little Red Door Cancer Agency. You've got a... Uh, a party coming up, some sort of an event. Uh, tell us about that, Katie. We do. So uh, we've teamed up with the District Tap on April 19th to put on Trivia Night. So what that means is we're hoping that teams of four and five come out, learn a little bit about Little Red Door, and uh, participate in Trivia Night. Okay. Um, what kind of trivia? Just like a, a, um, the, the quintessential, like, nightclub bar trivia it could be sports it could be entertainment um you as a group your team you'll get like a question five possible answers that is a computerized the way i remember trivia night is yep so it's it's just what you picture everything from who won the super bowl to what the first president who the first president was so kind of everything in between okay april 19th at the district tap and um is there pre-registration online or do you just show up with your group and get involved uh is there a registration fee that goes to the little red door cancer agency nope just show up the night of uh we're they're accepting as many teams as they can fit in the district tap um donations will be collected throughout the night and then also little red door gets to act as celebrity bartenders so we'll get to bring you your drinks and hopefully collect some tips off that so you know, I, sometimes when there's no registration fee or, or sign-up fee, you end up getting more donations because it's like, okay, we'll come, we'll have fun, and it's uh, donate if you want. And while you're sitting there, since no one's saying, hey, pay us, pay us, pay us, people are like, you know what, I'm going to pay you. And they'll yeah. pull out their wallet, and their hearts grow and explode, and they, and they give to your cause. Uh, again, that's April 19th, District Tap, Trivia Night. And for more information, I assume, littlereddoor.org. You got it. All right, and uh, this is a, a great conversation. I love the, uh, the thing about radio is you can't see people's eyes. Both of you, your eyes are um, glowing, and I can tell how much you devote and love working for this agency. Nick, you were telling me off mic uh, about how the group got its name and how long it's been around. It's been around for, for how long now? So we're, and we're celebrating, our, just celebrating our 70th year. Um, 70, yeah. 70th year, that's huge. Yeah, so we're really excited about that. Um, we actually got our name from a, a group of volunteers. Uh, cancer wasn't a, a really hot topic uh, back 
um, in the 30s and 40s. And what happened is people that were looking for services really didn't have a place to turn. And so the community got together and a group of uh, female volunteers were uh, stationed in an army barracks, an old army barracks, and it had a red door on it. So when all these folks that had cancer or needed some help to go down and find the little red door, so these people would walk around, find that little red door and pop in, and these wonderful people would help them out. And so we've decided to kind of take that name. It was a little different, and we just kind of uh, love to serve folks. So it was the perfect moniker for us. And what year was that with the, when they said that back 1940-something? It's almost an urban legend. Um, so we, we, we know the story, but we don't know the date, which is kind of cool. It, it, it almost adds a little mystique, a little mystery to it. Uh, but it, it's a story that we've had forever. So we're really proud of the fact that it was an organic movement in our city. And now we like to think of ourselves as a little bit of uh, homespun Indianapolis, that we're going to be here for the next 70 years and doing the same uh, types of services just to make sure that people can get the most of uh, their lives and the least of cancer. Urban legend. So I was wondering if there was a picture of this little red door or if you actually have the little red door like in your office. So we actually do have a couple photos of the original Little Red Door. There's a great photograph of a little girl standing next to one of the original Red Doors at the Marion County Cancer Society, and it is awesome. It's great. Um, we've actually been doing a lot of different things with um, Throwback Thursdays on our Facebook, and you can check out some of the things that we do there. Um, but we also uh, currently have our, all of our doors are red. Uh, we keep it that way. It's, it's something that just kind of sets us apart, and we're still in the uh, original neighborhood. We're down at 18th and Meridian uh, Street in Indianapolis, and that's uh, the folks that we serve are down in that area so we're going to stay there for as long as we can was the door little i mean like when you think of like little house on the prairie and how those doorways were like five feet tall because people weren't tall back then was it a little little door or was it just lovingly called hey go see the people at the little red door yeah, I don't think it was a little red, uh, an actual little red door, but I think it was just lovingly called that. I think that it was kind of just a small organic group of volunteers that got together that was really enthusiastic and became the Marion County Cancer Society after that. So it was really that's kind of how it got its name. So we can check out those old photos on your Facebook page. Um, and let's get those digital properties, all of them out of the way uh, for you right now. We know littlereddoor.org is the website. Yep. What's the Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, anything else you want to promote? Just Little Red Door Cancer Agency. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Pinterest is yes. a good one. Yes, that's a, that's a fairly new one, but I, I, it's, they're all awesome, so check them out. Okay, well, Katie Means, thank you uh, so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're really excited. Uh, I'm excited for the, for the trivia night and excited just to uh, do, have another conversation with you. We'll bring you on periodically to talk about all of your initiatives, where you're going next, what's, uh, what's in store for the next 70 years of Little Red Door Cancer Agency. And Nick Duvall, thank you so much for joining us. Well, we really love having you guys, and we want to thank, well, obviously, the District Tap and WZPL for allowing us to do this without their support. It'd be really tough for us to kind of kick this trivia night off, but we're really excited to have this, and hopefully this will be kind of an annual event for years to come for us. Hello, this is Bob Diaco, head football coach at UConn, and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. The Adam Rich Show scours the United States of America to find uh, inspirational stories. We also report on community service and leadership and philanthropies. And we have found a story at Huntington University that you've got to hear that involves all of these aspects, uh, leadership and community service and inspiration. And our guest to describe this uh, to us is Sam Barrett from Huntington University. He's also a student athlete. You're on the soccer team. This is Sam Barrett. Hi, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, was inspired when I heard what you were up to, which began as uh, 
just a little, what do I want to say? Which began as a, a little post, uh, maybe a, a challenge or a, a tweet or an Instagram. And now, months later, it's an actual national push. It's a national initiative to help out someone that you've known uh, from your hometown. Uh, give us the history on what we're talking about. This is an amazing inspirational story. Uh, Sam Barrett, take it away. All right. So uh, it was actually last year. Me and my friends were just hanging out. I have a close group of friends back home, and my friend Tori is one of them. She was born without one of her hands. And uh, so one night, she's really comfortable with it. Uh, one of my friends sent out a tweet, hashtag, it was hashtag hand for Tori. And at first, it was almost like a joke because she's cool with it, you know. And uh, then we were thinking, like, what if we could really push for this and try to get her a bionic hand? Absolutely. Through social media, you know, get a hashtag out there and uh, get a, a movement, make it viral, get maybe a million people on board to help your friend Tori get a hand. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so we stayed up all night tweeting it. We got a bunch of people to do it, and uh, we thought we had it off big and we had something going, but no attention right away. And then one of my friends found uh, a contest online from The Buried Life. It used to be a show on MTV. And their contest was, what do you want to do before you die? So we entered in. He entered in that we want to get our friend Tori a hand. And they, that, they said they never heard any requests like that or anything that someone wants to do. So they picked that one out. And they sent our friend Tori and our other friend Cam out to L.A. and announced it there. That so they your were friend Tori was featured on an MTV show called The Buried Life. She was on the show? Um, sort of, not really. She was at this conference, um, in, it was on UCLA's campus, and they took her there, and that's just where they announced it, but, um, yeah, The Buried Life were the ones who announced it to her, so. Okay, so The Buried Life producers say, we've never heard a request like this, that you want to get your friend a hand. She doesn't have a hand, you want to get her a hand, a bionic hand, I'm guessing. Um, what kind of request do they usually get? Um, I think it's more like... Like things like, I want to go skydiving or... Yeah, meaningless, just trivial junk. I want to go to a Bears game, you know, stuff like that. I want to go to Disney World. Yeah. Um, okay, so you come through with something really meaningful. We want to get our friend... And it wasn't like you're saying, I want to get myself a hand. Mm -hmm. You want to get this for somebody else. So it's even more powerful that it's coming third-person-wise that you want to do something for somebody else. Okay, so the buried life gets a hold of this, uh, and then what happens? Uh, and then they got um, attention. They tried to find someone who would donate the hand, so they went through, it's called Hanger Clinic, and with the help of Invisible Children, who also helped get the story out, and uh, they, Hanger Clinic made it happen, and they actually donated a Binac hand to Tori for free. The Hanger Clinic, mm -hmm. and you know, I don't know if you have the number off the top of your head, but I can't imagine that a bionic hand is not super uber expensive. Do you do you have any idea what a bionic hand costs? Uh, it's over a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so. yeah, wow. And the Hanger Clinic comes through, sees the story through this MTV mm -hmm. show, comes through and, and gets your friend Tori a bionic hand. Uh, when she got that hand, were you were you there? Were you part of this process? Did you get to see how she learned how to use it? Or uh, tell us about after she got the hand. Uh, when they announced that they were going to give her the hand uh, in L.A., I was actually at preseason in soccer, so I got to watch it online. Uh, but then uh, later in the season, um, I got to go home for a weekend, and we went to Hanger Clinic with Tori and all my friends, and we got to see her use it for the first time, and. She was like tying, she tied her shoes, she like curled her hair with it, and it was just amazing to see her using it as a normal hand. 
That is unbelievable that uh, what started out as a hashtag moved forward and with some national attention, the hangar clinic comes through. Now, let me get the spelling right on the hangar clinic. Is it like uh, like an airplane hangar? Like H-A-N-G-A-R, the hangar clinic? G-E-R. E-R. Okay, H-A-N-G-E-R clinic, the hangar clinic. Uh, we're going to Google them, and I encourage our listeners to check them out. Uh, do you know what else they do, the hangar clinic? Um, a lot of it is with, like, artificial limbs and, like, bionic stuff like that. So. Okay, so they put together a, a video that's on YouTube that's that's her getting the hand. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, tell us about the video. Yeah, the video was actually put together by The Buried Life. Um, they put it together. They, like, they had one of their guys come to the hangar clinic and record and take shots for us, and, uh, yeah, it was crazy. The video kind of just explains the whole process and how it started. It has Tori, and then her dad talks in it as well. And then my friends and I were all in it, too. And, uh, yeah, it just shows her using it by the end, and it's great. So the MTV producers put together this high-quality video. It's on YouTube right now. Uh, go search. All you need to do is search her name, and you'll find this video. Over 400,000 views. It's Tori Biddle. And the easy way to remember the spelling on this is two R's and two D's. Two R's and two D's. Tori, T-O-R-R-I, Biddle, B-I-D-D-L-E. Search Tori Biddle on YouTube. Watch that video. And there's another reason to watch that video, not just to be inspired by this great story, but you were telling me off mic before we started this interview that if they get a million views on this video, what's going to happen? Yeah, if it gets to a million views, Hanger Clinic is going to donate another bionic can to someone in need. So That is amazing. And so I'm just going to assume or maybe throw out the next challenge that maybe uh, if, if that video of that person getting a hand gets a million <laughs> views, then they'll do it again for somebody else. They've got to do that. The precedent <laughs> has been set. Yeah, you never know what happens, so it's crazy. Okay, do you know how they're going to find the next candidate? Or who's going to nominate them, or how are they going to come forward? I honestly have no clue on that, but I just know they said it'll be someone in need of a hand, just like Tori was. So that is just an amazing story. Sam Barrett, uh, soccer player at Huntington University. Uh, this is just his personal testimony, a friend of his from his hometown, with an amazing inspirational story. These stories are all over America, and it's one of the, the greatest uh, parts about hosting this radio show is when we meet people like you that get involved, get off their couch. In fact, I'm gonna, that's going to be a slogan or a hashtag. I might write a book called Get Off Your Couch because nothing really happens in your community if you sit on your couch with a remote control in your hand, get off your couch, make something happen. Uh, Sam Barrett got involved with a friend of his that, that needed a hand, and now she's got a bionic hand. It's a $100,000 hand, uh, thanks to the Hanger Project. Uh, watch this video online again. Search Tori Biddle, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Sam, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing this story with us, and I want to wish you the best of luck here at uh, Huntington University. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure coming on. Just remember to watch the video, and let's try to get it to a million. Million views. Here we go. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. Continuing on now at the worldwide headquarters of international fraternity Acacia with the executive director of this international fraternity Acacia. He was an Acacia. He still is an Acacia. His name is Patrick McGovern. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Good, Adam. Good to be with you. I'm uh, so glad to have you on board uh, because of your expertise of being the um, executive director for our listeners. You know, that also goes along with just the boss. You're the head guy, the grand poobah, um, the operations manager. 
um, the CEO of this fraternity. And for our non-Greek listeners, the Greek life, the Greek scene, fraternities and sororities, usually people uh, are used to, you know, the letters, Alpha, Beta, from Revenge of the Nerds, or um, um, you can make up some funny ones like I tapped a keg or whatever. Uh, I was a Sigma Phi Epsilon. Some of my friends were Sigma News. So outside of those Greek letter organizations, this is Acacia. Um, and there's only a handful of, of non-Greek letter fraternities. Acacia, Farmhouse, anything else? Triangle. Triangle fraternity, uh, big math guys. I think that's why they're called Triangle. Um, tell us real quick the background on Acacia and the name. Sure. So Acacia is the only Greek fraternity that uses a Greek word as opposed to a series of letters to, uh, for the name of our fraternity. So we were started in 1904 at University of Michigan by 14 Master Masons uh, who are originally parts of the University of Michigan Masonic Club. And they wanted another venue for uh, involvement and, and brotherhood within their community. And so they created Acacia. So for the first 30 years of our organization, you had to be a Master Mason before you could join Acacia. Um, so we really had some some uh, amazing initial founding fathers and, and uh, initial people in the fraternity. So what's the Greek word acacia mean? How does that translate? So there are six meanings that we, we sort of say. My favorite one is distinctiveness and leadership among mankind. No uh, kidding. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's one of them. Another one, uh, there is an acacia tree that grows in the Far East and, and really in a, in, in a number of climates around the, around the earth that is... Uh, survives the seasons with very little nutrients and kind of in the harshest environment, so it stands for survival and immortality as well. Is there a nut on that tree? Have I heard of an acacia nut, or did that just pop into my head for no reason at all? I believe there are some that have berries or of an some acacia. sort. Oh, uh, it's like a blueberry, right? Like a pomegranate? Acacia? Like a... I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to get our we'll fitness and nutritionist on the show to tell us the, the food origin of uh, the word acacia. But the, you said leadership and distinctiveness. That's amazing because that's what I want to talk to you about. Um, as the leader of this uh, fraternity nationwide, um, it's young men in college that uh, are learning how to be men and gentlemen, and leadership falls right into that. So I guess as their leader, uh, how do you approach those topics of leadership and philanthropy and character and integrity? We sort of come at it from two different directions. One, we try to help the guys better understand who they are and understand their own personal values, while at the same time coming from the other side and saying, these are our organizational values, this is what we stand for, and hopefully there's some congruence there. Uh, most of the time there is. Um, so we have, uh, through our Cornerstones membership development program, we have the guys do activities from clarifying their own values, establishing a mission statement, a sense of purpose, um, what their strengths are. Uh, so we, we really try to engage in uh, self-discovery, knowledge of the self, and then basically apply that out into the community from there. So um, in Acacia, our core values are virtue, knowledge, and truth. That, those are sort of our, our main values that we stand for. Our motto is human service. So a part of our Fraternity is believing that being a leader is serving humanity in some way. So we, we believe that to be the highest ideal of, of mankind is to serve others. I love it. Serving humanity. And you were an Acacia back in your undergrad days. Um, you still look like a fairly young guy to me, but it was probably, what, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago maybe tops? 15, yeah. 15, okay. Um, has it changed that much? I mean, when you were going through new member education, new member programming at your Acacia uh, chapter house. Um, now, you know, a lot's happened with, with technology and media, um, hazing, um, 
domestic issues, drinking. Now there's some drugs that, that exist now that never existed back then. So there's a, a, I'm going to guess and assume that a lot has changed with new member education and development. A lot has changed, Adam. Um, you know, one of the most critical factors for us to remain successful is to be adaptable and agile um, to our environment. So in the last 15 years, I was initiated in 1999 at Indiana. And, um, yeah, a lot has changed. Unfortunately, we, we actually closed down my chapter about 10 years after I was in it, and we're re reopening now. Um, and we've got a bunch of new guys excited about being occasions at IU again, and their, their pledgeship is going to look quite a bit different from, from what it would have looked like 15 or 20 years ago. Um, we're much more intentional and specific about the types of conversations we have with our guys early on so that they understand their community and all the risks that are out there, as well as how best they can uh, fit into the Acacia framework. Um, but just with the advent of the internet and social media and you know, iPhones, frankly, um, the, whole, the whole media landscape has changed and in, in the way that people represent themselves uh, has changed. So uh, we also train our chapters on um, wise use of public uh, or social media and uh, being conscientious and, and thoughtful about anything they put out there. Before I let you go, I know you're busy. I want to uh, hit on a word that um, a lot of people associate with fraternities. Um, movies don't help, and sometimes it's funny in the movies, is hazing. I will say my observation has been I've worked for the headquarters for nine years. My observation has been absolutely that, that it's on, the, uh, on a downturn, and, and the types of things that the guys may be expected to do um, are generally no, nowhere near as severe as they, they would have been in the 80s and, and, and even earlier than that. So I, I do think the tide has turned in general. Um, the, other, the other piece of that is um, nowadays when one of these stories um, comes out, uh, the, the incident in New York, um, everyone knows about it immediately. And, That's true. You know, in, the, in the olden days, you sort of wouldn't hear about any of those things. So I think the severity has come down a lot. Um, unfortunately, uh, people mistreating others is, is a part of human nature, and we have to try to educate and prevent that as much as possible. Um, we, um, um, but hopefully they're along the right lines with some good guidance. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.